As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Glanville. Mike Trout is coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Starkville, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Starkville is now part of the Athletic Baseball Show, where you will find great baseball talk all week long, all postseason long, all offseason long. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for the Athletic. Joined, as always, by my good friend, writer. Broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer, Doug Glanville. So, Doug, I don't know exactly how much sleep you've gotten as we <laughs> record this podcast today. I can guarantee you one thing. It's more than I've gotten. <laughs> do you, do you want to hear how much sleep I have gotten as we begin the November installment of National Sleep Deprivation Month, which is now apparently two months yeah, I'd love it. Should I should I start? I could start my stopwatch. Maybe we could actually time it out. It might because it's probably as yeah. I'll, you know, just start there, running it. There, there won't be much timing involved. Um, <laughs> by my calculations, I've gotten something like an hour and twenty five minutes in in, mm. in two different installments because that is just <laughs> how I roll here in the postseason. Like I'll just do the math for you. World Series game five ends at like twelve fifteen in the morning. But now the post-game interviews take forever because they have to bring everybody to the interview room. We can't just go talk to whoever we want in the locker room. So the post-game interviews end, I don't know, sometime after 1, 1.15, 1.30. Who the heck even knows? All right, now I've got to sift through all the research. i got to do all the writing of my World Series weird and wild column. And, like, wh- what time is it at that point? Um, time for Starkville. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I... I I fit in like a 20-minute nap, if nap is the right word, and then I c- 
crank up the Starkville machinery, and we we tried to make a podcast happen. Um, that that's how this works. So, so what do you think, Doug? Have I lost total control of my life? Yeah, and and this is par for the course of your sleep deprivation month. Um, I think what you need to raise the bar and. <laughs> start awarding trophies or you need some glory in this we have to add some more glory i know covering you like? love cover a pillow maybe you know <laughs> yeah. alarm clock you know hot soup you know something like that yeah uh, you can get baby baby yoda involved somehow yeah, that's a good hot point soup. but you know like the, the fact that it's now november I, I always say when people who know what i do start saying boy i i, I don't know how you do it i, I can't imagine how much sleep you've you lose and how much you cost all your editors. And I say, it's fine. I'll sleep in November. But today I checked the calendar. That's not working for me. We have a calendar malfunction. Right? Yes. And, and no, keep in mind, our, our mayor has a, a new baby. So, you know, we're all we're all relating very well right now. So I think we're yeah. in solidarity. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, know, I know you've got a little sleep deprivation working too. You want to, if you want to tell us about it, you can do yeah. that. No, I don't. I mean, I do. But I mean, it's just mostly from, you know, I go to ESPN, I'm up there, I do the, you know, post game wrap up, drive back, you know, and then, you know, many, many children in the mornings, (laughs) getting them to bus stops. And, you know, Uh so yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of, it's it's more like of invading a small country kind of feeling. (laughs) It's a little little different. Yeah, that's true. I I don't don't want to go through my whole travel nightmare of last week either, but that was bad. I was four, 14 hours trying to get from Houston to Atlanta, which is like an hour and 20 minute flight. Uh, <laughs> I finally get there uh, at midnight, but the, my luggage, I get a notification from American Airlines that my luggage will arrive at a later date, <laughs> which it did, but it was definitely a much later date. So it's been a, quite a week for me. Nevertheless, I love it. I, I love October. Now I'm going to love what the portion of November that includes this World Series. And this World Series is really getting interesting. Uh, Game six coming up Tuesday night in Houston. We've got the Braves still leading three games to two, but they suffered a crushing loss in game five. Uh, Adam Duvall hits a first inning grand slam. Uh, Doug, I'm in the park, man. And when one of my favorite things when something like that happens is just to, to be aware of how long the ballpark just shakes. It just has that buzz, that incredible thing, the energy. And it, 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 the ballpark shook for so long after the Adam Duval Grand Slam. It felt like an earthquake. It was incredible. So a little later on, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with our friend Dale Murphy, Braves legend. Um, but I think first you and I should talk about it. So right, here's my first question: Do you think the Braves are still in good shape or not? Yes, they're still. Once you are one game uh, up on the other team, <laughs> you're you're in good shape. I mean, because anything can go your right your way. It could be bad bounce, whatever it takes. Uh, yeah, I think they're still in good shape. You know, you gain the confidence in the way these teams are structured with these deep bullpens. That if you can win a game with a guy who's like, you know, pitched like, you know, five innings in his career, basically, you know, the leads of the world. And, you know, it's it's really incredible that they have confidence to really be able to run anybody out there to set the tone. And then they go from there. So I think that gives you a confidence that you can win in all kinds of circumstances if you just get that that critical clutch performer 
uh, you know, to close out a game or to you know, string together a couple of shutout innings. And that can come from anyone. And, that you know, you Literally. don't need Verlander. <laughs> yeah, you don't need Garrett Cole. You don't need, you know, I mean, you need them on, war- on certain levels, but <clears throat> excuse me, you can win ball games with some some really, in, you know, inexperienced pitchers that just sort of find the moment. So that's yeah, that's what gives them confidence. And they, they realize that their offense, which was, you know, hit a lot of home runs this year, very productive, especially after the trade. They've shown already that they they can be world champions. There's no question about it. And and so yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a great loss uh, from the standpoint of giving up all those runs. But <laughs> you know that's the Astro. Yeah, Astros are explosive. You can't keep them down forever. You just have to outscore them. And um, and so you know the pitching of the Astros have shown some weaknesses. So I I think they're still in a great spot. They just have to do it on the road. And and that's where that final at bat can can be everything. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I'm, you know, I, the Astros are. That's a that is one tough team to put away. We've seen that now for five Octobers. I'll talk about them in one second. But I, I think when you take a step back and think about where the Braves were coming home for three, four, five, after losing Charlie Morton, what were the odds? That could, they could possibly win three games in a row. I don't care how many first inning grand slams they hit. Just think about all the innings that they had to cover with one starting pitcher. You know, yeah. like, there just weren't enough arms, weren't enough humans to throw that many pitches, cover that many innings, collect that many outs, unless you scored at this insane clip. Um, I think when you look at it that way, it's not surprising that they just ran out of arms and ran out of outs to cover. But I do want to talk about the Astros too, Doug. Um, I I know what most people listening to this think of those guys. Um, But I've spent a ton of time around them the last five years, and I got an admission. I have come to really respect them. I don't respect what happened in 2017. Who could? But... You know, for one thing, uh, I wrote about that in my last column. Uh, they have now had four different series in the last three postseasons where they trailed in the series and then won three games in a row in that series. I want you to think about how hard that is. Uh, when I when I wrote it all down and looked at what they'd done, I thought, man, no team could possibly have ever done that. And when we checked it out, that was true. But their team has done it. And, uh, you know, I know people look at them and think, yeah, that's because they, they use buzzers, they had cheating, devious cheating schemes of their own. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean this. I honestly think it tells us more about their mindset and toughness. So if you were advising skeptical Americans what to make of them, what would your <laughs> advice be? First advice would be look at their manager, Dusty Baker. I would just start there. And, uh, you know, I, I can verify my experience with him in 2003. And, of course, playing against him as an opponent when he was running the Giants and, and just how much respect and love and appreciation as this player's manager and, and also success uh, that Dusty Baker brought. And I think the central part of, you know, who he is, you know, man of faith, but also someone who talks about forgiveness and talks about the best of the game and and bringing people together. And there was no accident that the Astros hired Dusty Baker because 
He had a you know very good image, not only that, but he also delivered in a way that could turn something around. It's it's almost a perfect setting for him. And so rest assured that he's taken that uh, reputation, that approach, that belief system, and superimposed it on the Houston Astros. And, and I think it gives you much more confidence that, you know, they're going to do it with a high level of integrity. And they you can't erase what happened. You can't change that. It hurt people. It damaged people. It damaged reputations. And that will be ongoing. But however, you can go forward and learn from it. And Dusty Baker was not there, you know, as, as many of these players were not there. So I think that's part of it. You, you know, you have a chance to rebuild. And I, what I love about our game is it's about moments, but it is about moving on till tomorrow and understanding that we appreciate our past. We preserve our past like no other sport, but we also are interested in second chances. We're interested in moving forward. It doesn't mean forgetting, doesn't mean not learning from it, but it means something that, you know, it's it's a positive to be able to have forgiveness and or at least learn how to turn the page and, and realize that there is times for clean slates. And that is uh, that's good for us. That's good for all of us. You know, you I, these are lessons I have to every day with my family and my kids trying to help them understand the importance of, of forgiveness and forgiving yourself and and moving on. And it doesn't mean people are going to give you a hall pass forever, but it just means that it's it's a thing that can poison you more than it can actually who you think you want to get revenge against. So I'd say, you know, this season I watched, for example, Carlos Correa's interviews, and he's just been much more... You know, I don't know if it's humble or or just more peaceful around it. You could tell last year a lot of frustration with the the narrative and kind of combative about things. And and he's someone I had such great respect for in the standpoint of his story from Puerto Rico, playing there and have a love for you know where he grew up. And and uh, I, I knew he wanted to be an ambassador, a real positive figure coming into the game. And you can't erase you know what happened in 27. That will always be different Correct. but i also saw that he kind of approached it differently as did the entire team and i think you're speaking to what you have that direct evidence of how they've approached it differently in 2021 and i still i go back to leadership and i think dusty baker is a big part of it yeah dusty has such a presence it, it uh it's cool to be around that guy every day it really is i like yesterday before the game like he pretty much instructed me I needed to ask him a question after the game. So I, I promised him <laughs> if they won, I would do that. And asked him a question about, you know, the the, the belief and the toughness uh, and the mindset in that room. And he had, he had such a great answer. You know, he's he's something. He, he is really something the way his mind works. Uh, okay, one more thing before we bring in Dale Murphy. Uh, I think we need to talk about the legacy of that Astros infield. Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Guriel, because they've broken a record I didn't think would ever be broken. I actually was the first one to notice this, write about this the other day. Uh, the four of them have now played 72 postseason games together in a row. In a row. It's more than any set of four teammates in baseball history. Um you know, the old record was held by four guys you've probably heard of. Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, <laughs> Tito Martinez, and Paul O'Neill for those Yankees teams. And when that happened, I thought, like, that, that don't, you'll never see this again. Well, we have. Um, you know, there's no infield that's even remotely close. The, the most we could find by any infield was 40 games. 
that and that was a by uh, one of Dusty Baker's teams. It's amazing. Uh, Garvey, Lopes, Russell, and Say for the Dodger teams of the '70s and early '80s. So, Doug, look, because of that cheating scandal, I know people will never want to give the Astros credit for this. But how much credit do they deserve? Cheating scheme, baggage, shadows, booze, notwithstanding. A lot, you know, you know, because you know you don't know from the outside when there's really the aftermath, when you've transitioned from the lessons and made changes. You know, it's hard to see that from the outside. But at, while you're trying to go through that transition, you're you're dealing with a lot of stuff. And yes, they brought it onto themselves to a large degree. But, you know, I don't know. Bregman, you know, the swagger, you know, that, that was the question from the game yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, just whether, uh, you know, I should say Sunday, uh, whether he was, you know, had that same swagger, that feeling. He just, you know, looked off. And, you know, they've taken a beating and they will continue to. But they've taken a, a beating. And at some point, you you know, that has to impact you as a player. You know, I mean, I play with a lot of, you know, against a lot of guys with PEDs and, yeah, you, you, you look at it and you say, yeah, they there's there's sometimes reciprocation that comes your way. And many will say it's deserved. But on the human level, you know that there's an impact. And they've went out there still every day and found ways to win, you know, high-level games. So I think there's a lot of credit to be able to, first of all, be healthy enough to do it and all the things that come uh, with that and, and to face a lot of things they've had to face. So... You know, and and, then, and there's a chance right here that they could win a World Series after 2017, and and there'll still be taint and questions, but at the same time, with Dusty Baker and the fresh start, it, that that says a lot for these players. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. Redemption is not a thing here. Okay, you you don't get redemption after when you've done something like what that team did. Redemption is not the right word, but it doesn't mean there's not life after what's what's the term that doesn't mean there's not life after the scandal and for these players there has been a really impressive part of their baseball career post scandal when baseball has cracked down on whatever it was they were doing in 2017 and you can't do that anymore um i i i think it's possible to think multiple things at once to think that everything about 2017 was so wrong. But also, this is an incredibly talented group of baseball players uh, who have proved their toughness and their talent and their their ability to play on this stage, not just the, the year they were doing whatever they were doing or whatever they may have done in 2018, but since the crackdown. Uh, it's still continuing to go on, right? Three years in a row since the crackdown, they have had these miraculous comebacks in all these different postseason series, and I can't ignore that. Uh, and the fact that they have done it by playing 72 postseason games in a row, which is not something, by the way, that those Yankees foursomes did, um, I'm just blown away by that. And so I think it's okay to take just a moment of appreciation for a group of baseball players who get no appreciation in the portion of the universe not known as Texas. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, despite what happened in Game 5, the Atlanta Braves are still one win away from winning the World Series. So how could we not invite one of the pillars of the Braves franchise to come visit us in Starkville on a day like today? Uh, I want to welcome in one of Doug's center field heroes, uh, not to mention his one-time teammate for one day. We'll get some the explanation of that. It's the great Dale Murphy. Murph! Welcome to Starkville. That was that was a rousing introduction, which <laughs> I appreciate. I always, you know, yeah, I. Uh, I'm yeah. a rouser. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, it's great, great to be with you and and give Doug, uh, uh, you know, Doug. I, well, you're right. We were teammates for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask you about this. I have to, I have to mention to uh, people who've been listening to Doug and I talk that Doug uh, is not able to do this particular segment. So it, this is a chance for me and Dale Murphy to talk about Doug. I can't wait. <laughs> all right. Now, first of all, I, I need to tell you how stoked I was to welcome you to Starkville. Thank I you. I basically haven't slept yet. Okay. Yes. I, I, I literally, I wrote my column all night. Oh, my God. Uh, then I started packing for my flight. I, I napped for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and now we're, we're recording this chat, uh, you, me and you, before we both get on planes. Yeah. Because that's just what we do here. So, Murph, who else would do this just for you, my friend? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And I, I was I was complaining about, I got about four hours, you know, so. Oh, my I, God. I, <laughs> you probably haven't had four hours of sleep this weekend. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I, so. I try to get it in little dribs and drabs, Absolutely. but not today. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let, Murph, let, let, let's talk. First off, uh, I did tease that you played with Doug Glanville yeah. for one day. We should probably reveal to people what that was all about. Yeah, you know, the uh, I played in the Hall of Fame games back in the day when, when we, we went during Hall of uh, – Two clubs. Remember those days? Two clubs flew into yes, Cooperstown on weekend. on induction yeah. uh, weekend Monday. and had an exhibition game. And the Players Association, much too late, decided to cancel those. <laughs> but they ended up doing a great thing. I got a call. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, and I think it was around Father's Day weekend. I, I'm around Father's Day. I'm maybe getting my days mixed up. They said, hey, we're having okay. a exhibition game and we're going to kind of do a little parade some hall of famers that are coming in and uh i actually uh, my son chad was in, at penn state at the time and he met me there and uh, and so uh yeah we just had an exhibition game there in 
in Cooperstown, fans were there. There was a little parade. I remember Nutsy yeah. was there. Um, yeah. I and I played right field. Doug was out there. I played right field, and I was getting really scared about someone might hit a ball to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so you played you played right and Doug played center? Uh yeah, I think I think so. I <laughs> I'm a little hazy. I'll tell you what I do remember. This was the last uh old timers baseball game I played in. You know, the Braves have their uh, yeah. uh, alumni day a lot of people do and you know, about 10 years ago um or no, this this was uh you know, af- after this exhibition game in in uh Cooperstown uh we had alumni day here and the Braves are like okay we're gonna have our game you know we're gonna play baseball and I, I looked at Smoltzy and I'm like Smoltzy you gotta go talk to someone we are not playing you know because we were all thinking we were gonna play <laughs> softball and uh, the Braves are like no oh, the fans want to see you guys play baseball it's like look I just played in my last uh old timers baseball game ever uh I, I faced <laughs> Gossage and and Goose goose was throwing seriously 55 miles an hour it was yeah and he threw one down the <laughs> middle to me and nothing worked my mind my brain worked, <laughs> and nothing else moved you know it just was <laughs> really embarrassing and uh it was funny i mean it wasn't funny <laughs> it, it was, I, i'm kind of amused it was but I, was I get it i, I it, get it so that was that was the last yeah. old timers game for you i think doug is still doing this from time to time oh, he's a glutton for punishment i i know i just he, i am not capable i'll put it that way and that was okay. i mean that was well, 10 years who knows I, at least 10 years actually right, well it, let's just anyway i'm done i had a great experience and and I'm glad somebody is still playing because I'm really an old timer now. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, the thing is, you're never too old to talk baseball. That's right. So, Murph, let, let, let's react. Love to hear your take on what happened in game five of this World Series. We were both there. Um, Adam, du- Adam Duval hits a grand slam in the first inning of this game and it, the the way the ballpark shook i mean i thought I, as much as i admire the houston astros no team is coming back from that and then what happened they came back from that so tell me what you thought when that grand slam left the yard and then what unfolded afterwards you know as as much as I played and as much as I watched the game, I thought what everybody else thought. I mean, I fell into that trap of of four nothing lead in the World Series with a team that's got got uh, some serious, you know, momentum and mojo, whatever you want to call it, on the road. The you know, it was I I, I saw a number of people on social media say they've never seen anything like that. In, in Atlanta, uh, in, in that ballpark, and for obvious reasons, World Series, Grand Slam, uh, first inning, four nothing lead in the in the, the to uh, the the game that could clinch it for him, and I fell into it. <laughs> you know, I I like <laughs> how could I do this? Uh, but I just yeah, I had the same feeling. I mean, here you, you, the Astros have been you know not scoring runs. Uh, and that's the thing about this game is these are the Astros. 
led the American League in run score, didn't they? A little over six or round six. Uh, you know, you, you just got to – you and, and I'm sure Brian Snicker and everybody's like, you know, obviously they're not like the rest of us. I'm a fan now, so I fall into things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just can't – you can't stop scoring against a team like uh, Astros. And, you know, we, it's like when Bregman hit a double – I can't remember, you know, to start maybe a little comeback. I think he might have scored at an yeah. RBI. We started thinking, okay, look, Bregman is going to get a hit one of these days. I mean, you know, we j- they just did such a fantastic job of pitching um, that, uh, you know, you start to think that it's going to happen every night. And that's not, it's not a good thought on a team like the Astros, but, yeah, the hometown, us hometown uh, uh, fans and people who are there were like, you know, this is it. And, you know, credit the Astros and Dusty. And, and we just got to remember as fans of the Braves, you know, and uh, that, that this is the Houston Astros. And at any time, and you look at that lineup, I mean, and I think Dusty said after game four, they've been pitching lights out. That's all there is to it. And, uh, and the Astros – you know, uh, law of averages, I guess you put right. caught up with the Braves, you know, you just the first inning uh, yeah, as, as a, as a, as an opposing team, when other, you're always thinking, Hey, awesome. It's the first inning, you know, we're down four runs, but we, so what we, we got, we got eight innings to go. Uh, man, if that had happened in the eighth, I think it'd be a whole different thing. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, Doug and I were just talking about the Astros, uh, that's a really resilient team. Yeah, sure. this is, they, they've had they've had four postseason series just in the last three years where they fell behind in the series and then ripped off three wins in a row. It's unheard of. No team has ever done that in the history of baseball. And, I mean, they've got to win three in a row now, and so it's interesting. One yeah, of the things that, that caught up with the Braves in, in, in this game, as you know, Murph, is all right, Charlie Morton gets hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and now they come home for three, four, five, and you start looking at those three games: twenty-seven innings, eighty-one outs, one starting pitcher. <laughs> That's a lot of outs to get for a staff, and it just felt like Brian Snitker looked at that game last night when they fell behind and said, "I'm not pushing my A my A relievers in the bullpen to, to try to come back in this game." I'm going to look towards six and seven. Is that how you saw it? And did you agree with that? You know, uh, you can't, you can't, you know, in managers decisions, it's always like, let's see what happens. You know, uh, that's why the beauty of the game is, is we can sit here and analyze. And, and I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was decisions. I didn't listen to, you know, uh, press conferences, but look, look at the situation the Braves are in now. We got, we, we kind of, we kind of have the staff set up now it's it's finally gonna they won two out of three against the astros you know kind of trying to get through it really when you think about it and trying to figure out what they're going to do without charlie morton so now i imagine it's freed uh, game six and ian anderson game seven and the bullpen's rest right you know right guys are totally rest. different situation that's right yes and, and uh you know and and that's again people don't understand how much foresight and thought and everything that's going into every decision right in the moment, you know, you got a four run lead. Well, let's, let's get, let's get mentor and, and uh, Matzik in there as soon as possible. 
you know, it's just, it's such a hard, those are such hard decisions. But the way I look at it, we had, the Braves had a game last night. They got two in Houston. They got to win one. And their pitching is set up pretty good, I think, and the way they've been pitching to win one of these uh, next two games. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that too. But, you know, every game in October is precious. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a little uncomfortable to watch Brian Snicker just basically decide, I'm going to let this one go. You know, that's, that's really a hard thing, I think, for any manager to, to do. And I actually want to ask you about Snit because I know you know him well. Um, he's a, like, th- this guy is such a great story. You know, a yeah. baseball lifer who never thought he'd be in this place managing this team. And now it's like the, 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 the game, the franchise, the moment all came around to him. And it feels like he's he's just the right man to lead this group of players in this moment in time. Tell me how long you've known Brian Snitker and how you think he fits this Braves team. Yeah, he's a perfect fit. Um, uh, let me see here. He was a bullpen guy. He was playing in the early '80s, and as you 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 know, uh, Hank Aaron released him. And uh, yeah. and hired him as a coach, but uh, someone just reminded me, and you know, I just can't remember that far back. He was our, our bullpen coach. He he was done. So, I mean, bullpen catcher. He was bullpen catcher for us wow. for a little bit in '86, and uh, so it's really interesting, Jason. I I'm getting, you know, phone calls from Bob Horner. Uh, you know, Bob and I don't talk all the time, uh, but there's something going on with with a connection here that all of us guys that played quite a few years ago, there's a real connection just because of who Snit is, what kind of person he is that, uh, you know, all the previous postseason plays, uh, Bob hasn't called me up. I haven't called Bob up, uh, but Bob calls me up and goes after uh, the game uh, uh, four win. I am so excited. I'm so pumped. Uh, I emailed Snit a few uh, weeks ago, <laughs> and every person I talked to, I talked to Jeff Blauser last night. Uh, he goes, "Yeah, I texted Snit. Everybody has texted. I talked to Joe Torrey uh, last night. Joe goes, "Yeah, I texted. You know, it's funny because you're all connected to Snit in that way. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, there's just a really con- a real connection for obvious reasons." Not only because the person he is, but he's, he spans four decades with the Braves. So it's it's fun. Uh, I love Freddie Freddie Gonzalez, but I didn't have a connection. You know what I mean? And when when Bobby left, we kind of lost that connection. And now Snit's kind of carrying this whole torch of the organization. And he's such a class yeah, Brian, guy. Yeah, Brian Snicker connects to everybody. It's uh, it, it, it's amazing. And you know, it's funny how often we refer to him as an old school manager but he's, yeah. he's also a guy he took out his starting pitcher ian anderson in the sixth inning the other night uh despite the minor technicality that he was pitching a no hitter yeah. at the time and he knew he was going to take a ton of heat for that uh he didn't care one iota uh so murph yeah. are we still allowed to call brian snicker an old school manager well to a certain extent <laughs> because he still makes gut decisions uh you know no manager ever in the history of the game. Well, I, I, yeah, I would say that. You know, we've been keeping statistics forever. 
Uh, but in the old days and old, old days, there was a lot of gut decisions because you didn't have as much information. Uh, but, but I, you know, I, Brian, Brian has answered a few questions in the post-game conferences. You know, I went with my gut. Um, speaking of the Ian Anderson game, uh, there was, there was a game uh, that he, you know, had, had, uh, he was pitched, Ian Anderson pitching a no-hitter and he brought his whole bullpen in, in the, in the sixth. Sixth. And yeah. Sixth. Right. So as you mentioned last night's game, uh, the Ian Anderson game, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is he, he said, no, this is, this is the game we're, we're going to take a stand. We're, I don't care if he's throwing a no hitter, we're bringing our bullpen in. We're going to shut this team down tonight. And, uh, and a lot of people were like, man, I wish we could have stretched Ian Anderson. I, I said, I'll tell you one thing. If Brian Snitker was down there and they had a one run lead and, and he's talking to every, his coaches, and the thought came up, maybe we should stretch him. Right there, you're like, no, we got a we got a one run lead, and and uh, and he just he, he brought in you know, uh, Mentor Matzik and you know the the bullpen yeah. that's doing so great. So, uh, but he the guy had a no hitter. So I think there's a combination manager here who's been able to adapt and does go with his gut, you know, occasionally and admits to it, you know, win or lose. And, uh, but with Alex Anthopoulos and the, the staff he puts together, the analytics people, you know, Brian understands that I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a perfect example of him saying, okay, I understand it. I, I got the analytics is these catchers on one knee, you know, snits a catcher. And if you'll notice the, a lot of teams and especially the Braves, they're catching on one knee. And I, I, I can't remember who I asked. I texted somebody when I first noticed it a few months ago, they said the analytics show that you get better framing and you, you give the umpire a better view. And so uh, you, you get more strikes called. They, their analytics show it. And Snit's a catcher. He's like, I don't like that. You know, I don't like this one knee, <laughs> but he said, okay, you know, uh, and yeah. so he's he's a combination. He's he's not stubborn, uh, but the old school thing about him is his communication and relationship with the players. That ultimately is the most important thing, anyway. Yeah, he he goes about that a lot, like Bobby Cox. Yeah, did. I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about that. They're those two are so close, and he's yeah. so influenced by Bobby. Um, you know, Murph, uh, you've been involved <laughs> over these last uh, few weeks. Um, uh, like you, you were, you were kind of the cheerleader before Game Five from the stance, and then uh, you 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 came out to throw out the first pitch uh, during the LCS, and you you came equipped, man. Like you, <laughs> you you didn't just you didn't just come out there with your Dale Murphy shirt and your baseball. You brought pearls, like Dale Murphy wearing pearls on a baseball field. Never l- thought I'd live to see that. What was going on with you and those pearls? Well, yeah, if you follow the Braves, you know Jock Peterson has started wearing pearls a couple few few weeks ago, yes. and now you know we were all like, you know, we gotta get some <laughs> pearls. So what happened was my son Jake said, "Hey, you're throwing the first pitch. It's kind of a thing, Dad. You know, wear somebody <laughs> else's jersey." So I went out, but then I got there, and the Braves were like, "No, Murph, we want you to wear your jersey." I'm like okay, but I got an idea, so I, 
<laughs> I won't go into the whole story, but I had my jersey. I took that off, and I had Hank jerseys underneath, Hank Aaron's jersey underneath. I walked out in that. People, I, I, I heard a little cheer. I said, oh, that's cool. And then before I threw the first pitch, I took off Hank's jersey, and I had Austin Riley's jersey on. And then before I threw the, the pitch, again, I reached into my pocket, and I pulled out the pearls, and fans fans liked it. I threw a terrible first pitch, but uh, <laughs> it's Chuck Peterson. He started wearing pearls, and, and a lot of his fans were wearing pearls, and I thought, I got to have some pearls. You know, Chuck, <laughs> I heard I heard from a number of people, <laughs> yeah, that was that was the first word of the text. Pearls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't blame any of them. Yeah, although well, everybody's walking around this town wearing pearls. Yeah, my mom. So. What's my what? My mom. What's the deal with the pearls? Because if you're not following Braves very closely, <laughs> you don't know what's going on. But Josh's been a right. great addition. He's loose. He he has fun, and so he, I I thought I'd have a a uh, a little fun with it. Yeah, let me ask you about this because uh, the first time we we talked about you and the pearls and jock you told me something that my head's still spinning you told me that if you ever came back to play baseball you'd want to be jock peterson is this correct yeah, that's a direct <laughs> quote you're right so i'm doing an interview with steve Sachs, and he i said that to steve Sachs. he goes murph you don't you didn't you don't you don't want to come back as jock peterson i said no what i mean is our generation and and my personality i mean i just i don't think i had as much obviously i don't have fun as much fun as jock this generation <laughs> just has a lot of fun playing the game they're a lot looser we were pretty buttoned up and and then i said that to someone they said you know i talked to robin Yount one day and he said if he came back he wanted to come back as george brett because he said he said george had a lot more fun than i did playing and uh you got to play within your personality. It would it would be weird, but my point is, I our generation really, as you know, Jason, we I, we had fun, we loved the game, but but these kids are, you know, this is a new generation and a lot more video and a lot more, uh, no, no more of the let's not celebrate. You know, when I get to second base after I hit a double, I'm going to be doing something you know, that my generation did make some big hand signs to the, to the dugout, you know? And so that's what I kind of meant. I, I like this generation and the fun they have there. I think it's good for young kids to see these guys having fun out there. Yeah. I'm trying to picture you as a let the kids play kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. I've had to come around to it. I still talk to some old timers there and, and even old fans uh, but I, I, I just tell everybody, I go, this, this generation is different. They are not trying to show up that picture. You know, they're trying to celebrate and have fun and, and uh, enjoy the moment. And, uh, you know, let's not that's get exactly offended right. by it. Let's enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, this, this Braves team, uh, one of the things that's so endearing about them is they're, they're just full of personality. So it's an incredibly likable yeah. bunch of people. And they play the game every day like it like you couldn't possibly have more fun doing anything it's what makes them so charismatic uh they if you played for this team what would you be doing that you never did when you played well that's an interesting question because <laughs> i'm i'm like freddie freeman our personalities are probably pretty similar yeah 
good point. So I don't. I I'm not saying. I I'm just saying. I wish. I wish you wouldn't. You, know you, what, all right, you wouldn't pound your chest. <laughs> you know, Jason. I remember giving my first five high five at home plate after a home run, and I was thinking I was going to get drilled next time. You know, <laughs> I high five when I first came up in September of '76. I didn't hit a home run. Let's say '77. I hit a home run in September getting called up you know i put my head down ran around and shook hands and dug it that was it and uh uh so but anyway what would i be doing uh i i, I definitely would be uh uh you know i i think i i don't know i guess just freddie i'm not saying i would be jock peterson i'm just saying i wish <laughs> i wish i i, I could have been a little looser i was pretty, uh, you know i was pretty People wouldn't look at me and say, man, he was tightly wound. But that's, you know, Freddie, Freddie's nervous out there. He's intense. Uh, and I was intense. I guess I'm I'm just saying uh, you know, this generation, I think, would have loosened me up a little bit. And, I, yeah, I you know, I think I, I would have had fun in this generation. But, you know, we don't fit. I, uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, every generation. I, I would have loved to have seen a dip. What was that, Jason? I would have loved to have seen a Dale Murphy bat flip, just one. Yeah, I I would have loved that too. I would have loved one time. To, <laughs> that would have been once. Yeah, yeah, you know, you just were scared. Not well. Yeah, I guess you didn't want to. You didn't want to. <laughs> it was a sign of showing people up, and I remind people that these kids are not trying to show anybody up. They are, they are bringing some personality to the game of baseball, and pitchers, you know, they're they're fine with it to a degree uh so i don't know i well, but i'm not saying i i'd be you know all the antics but I, it would have been a fun environment to play in i guess is what i'm saying yeah and fun is good yeah I, absolutely. I, I think we're both in agreement on that now look we you know uh, the clock's ticking we you've got to go you got to go catch a plane i gotta uh, do a million things and catch a plane i can't let you go without asking you about henry aaron um you know, there's, that number 44 is carved in the outfield in Atlanta every night. Uh, it, it's hard not to look at that number 44 and think of the man who wore it. You knew the man who wore number 44 really well. Um, what are your thoughts of Hank Aaron in this moment in time as this postseason goes on, the first season and postseason without him? Yeah, he, uh, uh, you know, I talked to Joe Posnanski and he's written his book, The Baseball 100, you know, and I was really curious to see, you know, who number one was. And it's a great argument. He picked Willie Mays and I loved Willie mm -hmm. as a kid. But my feeling about Hank, more I've learned about Hank, uh, he's the best player. Uh, you know, I, I, I told Joe, I go, well, we're going to have to talk because I think it's Hank Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Willie went through the same things Hank did, but Hank went through his career breaking breaking Babe Ruth's record under, uh, you know, an enormous uh, racial hatred. Uh, so when you take what Hank did, broke Babe's record, did what he did, we all know his records. In the degree of difficulty, he's the best player. Uh, Ted Williams, you could argue Ted, Ted faced challenges nothing like Hank Aaron faced so my respect and understanding of, of 
of what Hank did and all African-American players in those days. And let's, let's be honest, it's, it's still, we haven't eradicated our country of racial problems, but what, what that generation went through, I don't know how they played. It's so hard to hit a baseball and to have a good average and hit a few home runs, but I got to stay with my teammates. Uh, I didn't have to stay out of town at a separate hotel or eat at a separate hotel when I was in the minor leagues in the deep South was, which is where I played. I, I just can't imagine what Hank and so many of, of, of players in our game, African-American players went through. But when I, when you amass what Hank did under those circumstances, it's mind boggling. I don't know how he did it. He's often said that was the worst year of his life, break, breaking Babe's record. Uh, and, but then I think he really encapsulated the way he handled himself, you know, post career and even during his career, but just, he just, you know, uh, was real professional. I think he, he modeled for all of us what it's like to be a part of the Braves organization. Uh, we missed each other. Uh, me as a minor leaguer, uh, I made it to the big leagues was when Hank was finally over the minor leagues. So, I never worked directly under him. I, I worked under uh, Bill Lucas as a minor leaguer. Um, so, so, but Hank was always there, uh, of course, doing his work for the minor leagues and had his office upstairs in Fulton County Stadium. I'm sure he watched me as a young player and was like, man, I got to go work with Murph. You know, he never came <laughs> down, Jason, unless he was invited by our hitting coach because, uh, you know, he, he just respected that measure of respect. He did come down and talk to me times but he respected our coaches i mean it's hank aaron i'm sure he would want to come down and say a few things on his own uh but he respected our coaches he respected everybody and i think he set the model for what it's like to be an atlanta brave and be a pro professional in this in this game among other things what he's done in our community and everything he did yeah, what what a what a great man. I, yeah, you know, not just a great player, just a, a classy, yeah. dignified man. And you know, I um, I saw him in Cooperstown, my own induction weekend, and uh, I'm so glad I went over and and, and and talked to him that day. You know, um, I, I'll, I'll treasure that forever. I know absolutely you'll treasure all those times that you were lucky enough to speak with Hank Aaron. Yeah, the last Murphy. time was they named a building after him in Atlanta Technical School, and I was mm -hmm. invited to the ceremony. I'm like, great. Dusty was there uh, this about four years ago. Uh, it was right before Dusty got hired, actually, with the Astros. Gary Matthews was there. Ralph Gar was there. And I just felt, man, this is an inner circle and, and other close friends of, of Hank's. Uh, and uh, went to the ceremony, and then afterward they go, "Hey, we got lunch over at, you know, at Billy and Hank's house." I'm like, "Wow, man!" I'll... And so I sat there with Hank and Dusty and Ralph Gar, you know, and Gary Matthews. Uh, oh wow! And uh, 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 I can't remember everybody else. And with Hank just talking baseball, I mean, it was it was incredible, you know. Just and so I'll always cherish that moment. Wow, that's that's special. All right, one more thing. Since you mentioned Gary Matthews, I, I, I really can't let you go without playing America's favorite game, Know Your Dale Murphy Trivia. Okay, this is, this is one multiple 
one multiple choice question. You'll do fine. No, if, Let if, me if set anybody it up doesn't know Dale Murphy <laughs> trivia, it's Dale Murphy. <laughs> no, okay, well, it, it, you're actually, you just sort of incidental to the question. Here's yeah. the deal. Uh, it, okay, your career, your great career, you hit 371 home runs for the Braves, but then you came to Philadelphia where you met the likes of me and hit 27 more home runs. So here is your question. I found five other players who hit at least 25 home runs for both the Braves and the Phillies. So I'm going to give you four names. I want you to tell me which of these four names is not on that list. In other words, did not hit 25 home runs for both the Braves and the Phillies. Oh, okay, yeah. you ready? Here we go. Okay. Is it is it A, Ron Gant, B, Jeff Rancourt, C, Gary the Sarge Matthews, or D, Willie Montanez? So Ron Gant, yeah. Jeff Rancourt, yeah. Gary Matthews, <laughs> Willie Montanez. Who's the no? It's Ron Gant. You're going to say, so Ron Gant's your final answer. <laughs> Don't hesitate like that on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ron Gant is not the correct answer. <laughs> the, the, the actual wait correct minute, answer is. J okay, go, go ahead. I'm, okay, the, the correct answer, I'm going to give it to you, is Jeff, Jeff Francoeur. Well, I didn't even uh, know. Wait, I don't even remember. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't. Ron Gant, when did Ron, what years did Ron. Ron Ron Gant played in uh, in Philadelphia after leaving Atlanta. I, I'm going to say for two years. He, so he hit 37 home runs for the Phillies. How, how many uh, did you, Frenchie hit there? Frenchie only hit 13 for the Phillies. Yeah, okay. You know play, what? I'll they didn't be, play him I'll enough. I'll be totally honest. He did pitch, I completely though. forgot. <laughs> what years were those? Where was – okay. Hey, this is a good question. What years I, was Ron there? Wait, you're asking me trivia? Well, no, I we're mean not doing approximately. Because <laughs> you know, I, I think I uh, got a good answer. I, I'm going to say, right? I'm going to say, like right after you left. Well, uh, I was, some, I, somewhere in I the was 90s. done in '93. Uh, somewhere in the '90s, he played in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh! I, I, All right, well, I love that. Uh, that was amazing because I was like, as soon as you said Ron Gant, I go, I got this one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you 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 predicted you would not do well. Yeah, that's know your true. Dale Murphy I, I, trivia, I, I, and you were right. So you were wrong about the question, but you were right that you'd be wrong. So, well, let's go with that. All uh, right. Murph, look, I, just, I, that I, is I know amazing. I completely <laughs> don't remember that. I, I, Jason, can I just say something? I'm, I'm yes. going to look up when when that was because, uh, in uh, you may not know this, in '97 to 2000, Nancy and I and our family lived in Boston. I do remember and that. And I was serving as a, as, a, as a missionary over the missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for three years. And I was kind of tuned out. So I'm I, I can't I can't wait to find out when Gant was there so I can say I was completely tuned out of baseball for that time. But, yeah, I hope I have an excuse. But All right. that's I'm going to give you a choice. You. you could. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a choice. I, you can you can take the time to have me look this up right now, or you can go try to make your flight at Atlanta Fulton County Airport, Hartsfield Airport. I, I, <laughs> I think I, I should let you make your flight. I, I'm gonna go for the flight, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. Okay. I've, I've been I've been through that airport many times, and yeah. No matter how much time you allow, yeah, it's oh, not enough. So <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, okay, so I I, I like I said, I hope the listeners. 
think this kind of made sense. I know how much sleep you're going on. I I I don't I haven't had a lot of sleep. This is a crazy post game schedule. I don't know how how you have done your schedule. We shared a little bit about this before we talked. <laughs> so I I hope I hope you got a good editor there, Jason, because I. <laughs> I do. I have great editors, they, they, and I need them. Hey, will you have me on? Will you have me on another time when I got eight hours of sleep? Yeah, when we both had eight hours of sleep. <laughs> That's quite a concept. No, look, Murph. Look, I'm, it's I'm always. Not it's oh, I'm not worried about your amount of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Though. Okay. So, hey, hey, listen. It's always an honor to spend a few minutes with you. Safe travels. I'm going to take you up on that offer. Please come back and visit us and. Darkville again when Doug can even be in town. Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, and I'd love to be on again. Thanks, Jason. Fantastic. Murph, thanks so much, man. You better you better get moving. I will. I will. <laughs> Seriously. But thank you so, so much for fitting us in. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash theathletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Post-operative management is patient-specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. Okay, we have reached that portion of this show where we humiliate ourselves in front of the entire potiverse. <laughs> that means it's time once again for listener trivia, our way of involving you, our favorite listeners in this show. You know, I, I, I know we finally got one of these right last week, but that's not how... Yeah, that's not how this usually works, though, obviously. So week after week, despite the way this segment always turns out, we continue to literally involve you. 
by picking a trivia question from one of our lucky listeners. Then we invite that lucky listener to join us right here and stump us with your question. That's how it works. We'll tell you how you can do it in just a few minutes. Uh, quick question, Doug. Do you think we could actually get two in a row? Uh, I don't think that has happened since we banned your devious cheating scheme, right? <laughs> well, I, as I said, it's all positive thinking. And if we don't get it right, we are on a zero-game winning streak. So you have to think positively. A zero-game winning streak doesn't sound that positive, but let's go with that. <laughs> yes. All right, we asked once again this week for World Series trivia questions. Once again, we got some great ones. Uh, here's one that's really good, really hard. <laughs> let's, let's welcome in this week's special trivia contestant. It's Kevin Brown. Kevin, welcome back to Starkville. All right. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, there's a rumor <laughs> going around that you have a yeah. special connection to the great Doug Glanville. Can you confirm? <laughs> yes, uh, I do. I have several, actually. Um, the first one is he's actually the first Major League be uh, Baseball player I ever saw. Um, I, he's not as old as you might think. He, I was an adult for that game. But So the story is I was at Shea Stadium with my girlfriend, who is now my wife. Uh, and right before, like, as the game was starting, um, I got her to yell. Someone yelled my name from about 20 rows in front of me. It was a friend of mine. And we started chatting. And at that moment, my girlfriend says, oh, look, Dougie Glanville. And I was like, oh, you saw someone you know, too. She said, yeah. And I said, where? And she pointed to the Jumbotron, and it was the Phillies' leadoff yes. hitter. Um, I was that like, what? Outstanding. It turns out that story. she had gone to high school with Doug, and um, his mother was her math teacher. Um, so there's a little sort of long-time T-neck connection there. Uh, and then fast forward another ooh, almost 15 years from there, and uh, Doug came and spoke at the school where I teach. Um, and did, I mean, he's, he's an amazing guy. Like, you know, he, he's a, brings a lot of intelligence and his own experience to things and uh, did a great job with that. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my sort of Doug Glanville connections. Yes, you can appreciate it. Well, you can, you can, can we reveal to the world her name for TNAC posterity? <laughs> Well, I guess maiden name. So, yeah, my, my wife is Maxine Kajiwara. Yeah, TNAC. Yeah, we got to keep the pride going, man. Yeah, TNAC pride. We do have TNAC fans out there. Good to hear. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get down to business. Um, yeah. Kevin, what is your trivia question, my friend? Okay. So my trivia question is, uh, can you name the one player in World Series history with more than 200 plate appearances that's in world series not just postseason who never played for the yankees 200 world series plate appearances and none for the yankees you know this is impossibly is that, is that hard possible? <laughs> <laughs> 200 you know, plate, like my, my first of... reaction uh when uh, our tim uh, the mayor of starkville said he loved this question was like he must mean postseason plate appearances but you really do mean world series plate appearances right? 200 world, world series plate appearances not for the yankees like is I've that possible yeah like i've been thinking this through um i mean just do the math in your head this means this this guy whoever he is played in like eight world series but none for the yankees um yeah about that's right eight, right seven, something like yeah. that yeah so like my yeah. first thought was this is somebody 
who spent a lot of years with the Red Sox or the Cardinals, maybe like Big Poppy, Manny, uh, you know, Carlos Beltran bounced through multiple postseason teams. If you keep going back, uh, like back in the day, Stan Musial, those guys from those gas house gang Cardinals. Yeah, uh, Cardinals. I, I, yeah. I, like, I can't say I'm an expert on the makeup of the gas house gang Cardinals. <laughs> this is back in the early years of uh, the World Series with the old New York Giants qualifying that team. That, that team went four years in a row, I think, 20 through 23. But I, I don't know anything about the roster of the 20 through 23 <laughs> New York Giant. Or so, well, Doug, you, do you have any? You, you've hit Doug? the right teams. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Uh, but we we haven't we don't know who the heck we're talking about. Doug, do you have any ideas? I mean, the, I mean, the only thing I mean, clearly, the first thing I thought of was, all right, what other dynasty or close to Yankee dynasty exists? And that the Cardinals won a whole lot of World Series, so I figured they had a good shot at it. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, roster wise, once you get into the twenties, I mean, I don't know, Frankie Frisch or someone. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm so, oh, did I get that right? So, so you're lost. I'm lost. We are officially lost. Kevin, we don't usually do this, but are, are we allowed to ask for hints? Do we need a, a ruling on this? I think we can just beg for hints. Should we? Doug said the answer. <laughs> Wait, Doug said Frankie the answer? Frisch? I mean, I was, I was going to throw Frankie Frisch. That's my go-to guy. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on a second. Doug, did you just guess Frankie Frisch? I did guess Frankie Frisch. I just don't know. Like that. I was just throwing him out there. Uh, that's only <laughs> that's only one answer, though. <laughs> so, well, we only need one answer. Um, one? Oh, this, my is not, this is not the devious cheating scheme days. We only need one answer. And amazing. we're lost otherwise. So that... There is only Kevin. one answer. That's the Kevin. only one. That is the only so, answer. Hold on, hold, on, oh my hold, on, hold on one second. <laughs> Frankie Frisch is the answer to this question, and yeah. Doug just guessed it. <laughs> that was just complete. I mean, Frankie Frisch is—you know—he he played on some of my not fantasy teams, my computer games. So I knew he was like in that time. <laughs> yeah, that is unbelievable. He was on those four World Series teams with the Giants. And then he yeah. was on the Cardinals in the 30s. Yes. Yeah, I figured that I figured it might have been two teams. Uh, I mean, yeah. that 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 was totally out of nowhere. That oh was a celestial that was a celestial moment. That was T neck, T neck coming around <laughs> full circle, because I have no hey, idea where I got that from. Uh, all, all I know is, Doug, obviously, we are built for the postseason. We're not we built are. for any other seasons, but we've now gotten two in a row in the postseason. I like I I hate all of a sudden. I hate to see the postseason end. <laughs> oh wow! Let's do the math in our heads. This is. I think this means we're six and twenty-four for the year. Does that sound right? It, that's twenty-five percent of the World Series we win. So I feel pretty good about that. That's that's pretty good. Thirty? We, no, it's not. Look, it's twenty percent. <laughs> so does that is that oh, good? True. It doesn't Bad really math. sound that good. Yeah, twenty percent. If I won twenty percent of the World Series, I'd I'd feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it's basically every, the Mendoza line. Yeah, Mendoza of World <laughs> That's Championships. True. That's every, okay. every every week is the Trivia World Series, <laughs> so we're in it because we actually we invented it. So that, I don't know if just participating is that big a deal, but somehow or other, Doug just got an impossible question right. <laughs> and hey, I you know this brings to mind <clears throat> something just as incredible. Because if you listen regularly, you know that whether we get the question right or wrong, we bring in the mayor, that voice you just heard, Nick Master, uh, and he plays some magical play-by-play clip involving the answer to the question. 
But I mean, I don't know. I've, I've spent a lot of time on YouTube in my day. I've never seen a good <laughs> Frankie Frisch YouTube. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, what how did have? you do this? What, did, what, what could you possibly have for us? I, I've got really good at searching really? YouTube. Wow. And you I have like dug one up. I honestly, when I saw the answer, I was like, I shouldn't even look. I should just say, this week we have no audio clip. But <laughs> I started to dig and I got you one. So not only wow. did I get you one, but I got you one from a World Series. And it's really good. October wow. 9th, 1934, mm. Cardinals versus Tigers. Game seven, no score, top of the third. Bases loaded for Frankie Frisch. I like the horn. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what was that? The New Year's Eve noisemaker? <laughs> it was the uh, the person sitting next to the play-by-play man with a horn. I don't, I don't know. But that was, uh, yeah, that's a good one. The, uh, Eldon Ocker was the pitcher. If you're Eldon Ocker's, uh, hey, that's a, that's oh, a really yeah. great name. I, I didn't even know they had baseball on the radio in Frankie Frisch's day. So apparently, nice. they, apparently they did, and we just heard it. Kevin, that was a great question. and Thank you. Even greater answer. I mean, well we're gonna that, have... was, that was miraculous. I, I mean, I don't know. That's like Doug... David Freeze in the World Series. Or yeah, something. was that was Kevin? Was Doug that good in your class? <laughs> uh, well, he he was a speaker here at school, and he was wonderful. And yeah. as good as the talk was, he did Q and A for another hour afterwards, and was absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I could tell you, like the age range there was there were people there in their 60s they were middle school age kids and afterwards i i got a lot of really really positive comments from everyone um so, yeah, sh- wonderful I, i'm sure doug is Thank amazing were, were there any in the q a were there any frankie frisch questions <laughs> no, it was all Glanville questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, with he, Doug has even gotten those wrong, but that's all. <laughs> this is true. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. That was really fun. Thank you guys. Good okay. to see you. Say hi to Max for me, man. Please I do. Yeah. Thanks all right. so much, man. Thanks, Tim. Strange but true. All right. Here comes one of our favorite parts of this show. It's that part where we look back at the strangest but truest stuff that has happened since you heard from us last. Uh, I know we're only down to two teams playing, but I can report baseball is still just as strange <laughs> and true as ever. I've got the sleep deprivation to prove it. Uh, so, Doug, I was thinking about so many wild plays uh, from the last week, but I, I, I got two. Uh, they, they, this goes back to last Friday, so this would have been, what, game three of this World Series. Uh, Austin Riley, who's the great young third baseman for the Braves, did something that I thought was incredible. Hardly anybody even noticed it, but there were two plays in this game that from, from him that blew my mind, and I think we should listen to them, and then we'll talk about just how strange but true they were. So 
Let's start with something that happened in the second inning. Kyle Tucker was batting for the Astros. Let's hear what happened next. Hit well down the right field line, but coming over Solaire. Also, it is Riley out there and foul ground deep down the line. It is Riley who out of the shift goes down there and makes the catch. Well, that time the shift, having him out in shallow right field paid off. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that? That was that. They were talking about a third baseman, and the term right field came up. <laughs> right. So right just, to make, just, just to be clear, he caught a foul ball in right field. Oh, wait, because he wasn't done. Uh, this is the eighth inning, Jose Altuve at the plate. One pitch. That's popped up, possibly playable. Riley is there in foul ground, so is Darno, and Riley's got it. Makes the catch right in front of the on-deck circle. Two down here in the eighth. <laughs> Okay, got this now? He, he, he caught foul balls in the same game on the right side of the field and the left side of the field. He's the third baseman. I know, look, I know that there were shifts involved. I know that. But I, I just keep thinking about how impossible is this that this actually happened? He caught foul balls on the right and left side of the field. How? Doug... I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. You never did this. I mean, I I, I remember watching this and saying, wait a minute, is that is that's the same person? They, they, they must have cloned Riley. They had to have cloned him because that, that's the next frontier, clearly, of shifting defense. We just clone somebody, and then you have multiples. So, you know, you get the guy with the best range, and then, you know, we get Francisco Lindor. And maybe he can pull this off. Manny Machado, you know, all these guys. Manny would definitely so, be known for that. Yeah, yeah, we'd definitely be good at it. So that's, that, I was like, wait a minute, Riley and Riley? I, I just didn't quite get that. <laughs> but, yeah, he was literally everywhere. I mean, all over the field. And um, and the fun part about it is when you're watching it on TV, you kind of, you don't even realize, like, oh, wait, he changed position. You know, you're watching kind of live, you're, you're realizing the shift in real time. But then all of a sudden, it's almost like, you know, your two-year-old, like, move a piece over across the board while you weren't looking, and all of a sudden they're <laughs> in a completely different position. So I was like, wow, this is this is some serious range. And I, I want to measure Do we have the distance measured between the no, two? No, here's, like here's the that, problem. I'm just going to mention this. All right, when, when the second one of these happens, it's the eighth inning. Uh, what time is it? It's the bottom of the eighth inning. It's midnight. <laughs> Like who, who's going to look it up at midnight on a Friday night? Nobody. I tried. I know this because I did try. Um, and so I, I don't have a ruling for you on uh, how far away these two balls were from each other. I, I don't know for sure that uh, he's the first person ever to do this in a World Series or any other series. But I'm, I'm just going to take a wild guess. Nobody ever has ever done that. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, be. I need Stat, StatCast got to get on this. I Stat, mean, this is, a, you know, I, you look I, at home runs. That's more exciting. I, like how? Yeah, <laughs> but here's, like, here's the deal. StatCast does not delineate uh, when a ball is hit in the air between foul ball and fair ball. It's, a, it's uh-huh. a, obviously a major StatCast failure. <laughs> so maybe we, maybe we have actually, by bringing this up, shamed them into delineating 
foul balls yes. and fair balls and where the heck the foul balls are and what the, what the heck the third baseman's doing over there anyway. And I, I can't Boy. decide if this is an argument for banning the shift once and for all or saying, no, no, shifts run amok. Everybody plays everywhere. I mean, yeah. Well, when he catches it like in the parking lot, then then we have a problem. Then yeah. we definitely. I mean, I remember I went to Ramapo Country Day Camp and and I went to summer camps for many years. My brother was a counselor, and there was this kid up as a lefty. I was playing first base, and he kept hitting foul balls right by me, right by me, right by me, right. But right it was like literally six in a row. So finally, I started in foul territory, and he hit a ball right to me, caught it. And of course, that's illegal. But I think it's like, <laughs> at some point you got to make adjustments. Yeah, It'd be like cricket. Yeah. So you're talking about Statcast needs to make yeah. adjustments. We made yes. the adjustment. We're yes. all over this. <laughs> we have yeah, shifted so- with the times. It's Statcast now that has to get up to speed. We yes. Starkville has spoken on this. We have spoken. <laughs> we have. All right. That's gonna do it for this week's show. We have been here every Tuesday. All season long as part of the Athletic Baseball Show. But you know what? So we're Ken Rosenthal every Monday, Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby every Thursday, Keith Law and Derek Van Riper every Friday. And uh, guess what? Now, the schedule might change slightly moving forward, but we promise we'll keep bringing you podcast magic all offseason on the Athletic Baseball Show, which is available in its entirety, absolutely free at Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, you can still find us ad-free at The Athletic App. If you like what you hear, you know what we would love? If you would subscribe and give us one of those five-star reviews. I want to express our appreciation once again to the many people who have already done that. One more thing. If you'd like to read our work or any of the fantastic writing on our site, there is no better sports writing being done anywhere than in The Athletic. So if you've thought about subscribing, just go to theathletic.com slash baseball show and you can subscribe for 33% off. So check us out. Also, remember, you too can be part of this podcast. Every show, we invite the listener who submits the most fun trivia question of the week to join us right here and proof once again that there's almost no baseball trivia question we can't get wrong unless it involves Frankie Frisch. So to do that, you can email us at Starkville at theathletic.com or send us your questions via the Twitter. And if you are sending a question via the Twitter to the Doug Glanville, how does that work? Well, I probably want to change my Twitter handle to at Trivia World Series Clutch Hitter type of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that too many words? It's I don't a, know. It's I, a lot. It's a lot? Okay, I'm going to... Trim that down to at Doug Glanville, <laughs> D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. I, I know how much people look forward every week to Doug spelling his name. And so now I feel compelled to spell mine because I am at Jason S-T, but that's J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Please remember, hashtag your questions, hashtag Starkville Q-S. All right, Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to Dale Murphy for visiting us. Thanks to Kevin Brown for the fun trivia question. Thanks to the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, for producing us, for putting up with us, and for finding actual Frankie Frisch clips on YouTube. And thanks to you all for listening. Coming up Thursday on the Athletic Baseball Show, it's Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby. Doug and I will see you soon on Starkville. Starkville.